Best intro in per, uh, sorry, football podcast history. <laughs> Blooper, let's edit that one out. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first Delaprem Game in Focus. Now, this is a regular show that we are going to be doing. Last time out, we did do it within our Premier League re- review podcast. However, I think we'll do it as a standalone podcast in a short um, and small sample just for our listeners, just a, a smaller snippet of what we like to talk about. Uh, so today, I'm joined by Michael. Unfortunately, Gareth can't be with us again. And our game in focus is Tottenham versus Leicester, the 6-2 result. Um, how are you, Michael? Yeah, I'm well, Mike. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Again, good to be back. Obviously, um, this will be our second show in pretty quick succession. Obviously, after a little while out, a few weeks um, with no podcast. So, again, it's good to be talking about the Premier League. Um, and, you know, this game in particular is going to be a really interesting one. Lots of talking points from it. Um, so, just to add a little bit more structure to, I guess, this show, um, the way we'll do it is we'll have a look at both teams and where they sit in the league at the moment. If you If you haven't already, catch our review podcast where we do talk about this anyway and we do touch on Leicester and Tottenham um, and then we'll talk about the the team lineups then we'll have a look at the result as a whole and um, you know some of the players within the game that impressed um, you know some of the talking points as well obviously this one here will have a few talking points with the managers so uh, just to start off with um, you know as I said in our preview or sorry review podcast we did speak about uh, Tottenham's impressive start and Leicester's extremely disappointing start. And these two teams kind of find themselves at opposite ends of the table currently. So looking at Tottenham here, they're um, in third place, tied with uh, City, um, you know, the third on goal difference here on 17 points. Uh, and then Leicester City are rock bottom um, at the moment, obviously made a, quite a poor start. They've lost six games and they've only drawn one. So they're on one point at the moment after seven games, which is a really, really horror return. Um, so I guess a good place to start with this is probably the managers. Um, because, you know, Antonio Conte is, you know, rebuilding the Spurs side, making them a lot more formidable, hard to beat. You know, they've got that sort of steely resolve that they haven't had in previous years. And I think, um, you know, a stat that I put out on the last podcast was, you know, this is Tottenham's best start since the 2016-2017 season. That season, they finished runners-up to Chelsea. So, um, you know, obviously a really, really good start by Conte and his side. And then, obviously, Brendan Rodgers done a great job at Leicester. But unfortunately, at the moment, they're in a bit of strife, as I mentioned, bottom of the table. So, Michael, what are your thoughts on the two managers here? Yeah, one's flying, one's not. <laughs> um, I think Brendan <laughs> Rodgers. Yeah, I think Brendan Rodgers is uh, struggling to keep his job. Uh, if he goes any more games, uh, if they don't pick up many points between now and the World Cup, I believe he'll be the next manager um, to get the axe. Uh, Conte, however, I think he's the absolute complete opposite um, in all respects. Um, he's one of the top managers in the Premier League. Uh, and even if he does dip a little bit leading into the World Cup, uh, that's nowhere near enough for him uh, to be um, losing any any of his room, backroom staff, any of his players or the support behind him at the club. Yeah, and look, do you think um, we've spoken about Daniel uh, Levy and Tottenham um, previously and maybe their squad depth. Do you think finally Tottenham have got that squad depth, they finally got that manager who can take them to that next level? 
Yeah, well, there was whispers over the summer um, that Conte may uh, walk, um, and that was all based on him not receiving, um, him not receiving the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, about... Sorry, guys. Uh, technical difficulties there. Just hit the wrong button. Um, um, what was the question again, Michael? Say it again. <laughs> uh, sorry, mate. So the question was: Do you think Spurs have finally got that squad depth and that manager to take them to the next level? Yeah, yeah. Um, hundred um, percent. Uh, that that's right. Um, I believe that the contact was going to walk in the summer. Um, by, uh, because he was posing to the board um, and to the owner um, that he wanted the funds to buy the right place, rebuild the squad, and he the best way he sees fit. They have done that. They have backed him. That's why he's still there and is uh, proving uh, it all right at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I said I've said this before. If, if uh, Daniel Levy's not going to back Antonio Conte, who's he's going to back? Um, uh, and yeah, so they've obviously made a great start, and you know that that investments obviously been rewarded so far um now brendan rogers um lester i don't know if you've seen it before this, it's a bit of a meme but lester sometimes maybe good sometimes maybe shit lester obviously made a pretty poor start <laughs> um and brendan rogers I, i'm starting to think you know lester's not going to be an attractive job if, if lester do sack rogers um and I think maybe his position is probably starting to become, you know, untenable. I don't, I don't think there's, you know, I don't think there's any way he can go back from this. Um, do you think Leicester are gonna gonna make a change, or because obviously there's talk of, you know, financially a ten million pound payout, um, but then you, I've got to look at it from the sense, well, do they maybe ride it out to the World Cup and give themselves, you know, however long to sort of. Um, you know, go and find the right person to take them forward, or or is that going to be too long? Just the way they started. I think yeah, we'll find out in the next four or five games. Um, to be br- brutally honest, um, I'm having a look at the side that they put out on paper against Spurs. Um, it's, it's not good enough, and and a few of these players, um, whether it is just the media creating a bit of a frenzy, or whether they have been seriously linked, so that uh, Yuri. Uh, Tilsman, how you pronounce that? Um, Didi, uh, the centre mid. Um, even Stacker starting over Jamie Vardy as uh, the striker in the team. Um, and, and James Madison, um, he, he's he been linked um, heavily to another club as well. Uh, he, he's proven to be their best player so far, uh, arguably this season. But um, say three of those um the, those players that I mentioned, they all have been uh, linked to other clubs. That's not a good sign to start off. Um, the people on the bench, um, um, I... far out, Michael. What is going on? <laughs> I'm pressing the wrong button. What are you? What are you trying to press, by the way? Oh no, I just my my finger just slipped. So <laughs> continue on, mate. Lost my train of thought, mate. All right, let's look at the teams then. All right, so we'll look at the teams then. So I'll start with uh, Spurs. Hugo Lloris in goal with the captain's armband. Got um, Davinson Sanchez, Eric Dyer, Clement Longley, Ivan Perisic, Emil Hoiberg, Benton Core, Sesson Young. Um, and then up front, you've got Kulisevsky, Richarlison, and Harry Kane. Any surprises there? Any players who, who caught your eye from Spurs? Personally, for me, I want to talk a little bit about Eric Dyer because 
Um, England, obviously, leading up to the World Cup. There's obviously a bit of talk around Harry Maguire. He's lost his place um, at Manchester United. Varane and Martinez preferred at the moment. And obviously, he's come under quite a bit of heavy scrutiny. Dyer has kind of fallen a bit to the wayside in, in recent years, but he looks like he's recovering his form. And obviously now he's got a, a pretty good manager to be under and work on his defensive game. Um, do you think someone like Eric Dyer could, um, you know, possibly make the England squad and, and make that starting team? Or is there anyone else here who really caught your eye more than him? Uh, well, yeah, he's every chance to make the England squad. Um, the one that did catch my eye um, is the, oh, the signing from Juve, uh, Ben Tankua. Ben yeah, um, so he scored a goal, I believe, uh, and he was... Um, he, he, pardon? And an assist. And an assist, okay, yeah. So he was linked with the play as well. Um, the thing that um, overrides that, I think, with what Conte's doing is is the shape. So playing the five at the back, so um, and how um, important this player has been so far, Perisic, um, playing predominantly on that right-hand side of the pitch. Um, but he, he started last game against... Uh, uh, Leicester with Sessegnon um, on the left-hand side, so like a wing back, um, which allows a bit of space for then the front three to um, get involved. And they sort of have like a five in defence, but they also then can have a five in attack. Um, then, you, then you're going to have um, the three centre-backs really tack in and be um, quite compact. Um, uh, the, the one signing, Hjoiberg, the from uh, the Mourinho era, um, anchoring next to um, the the Juve um, signing um, has, has proved a really good partnership so far for them. Um, and, and I think that's where they're building a lot of their success from. Yeah, I think um, the midfield's really important and quite a workmanlike sort of industrious, um, defensively solid midfield as well. Um, and then you kind of have those win backs and then that front three to sort of go and express themselves and get you the goals. One thing I do wonder is whether maybe they lack someone like a Christian Eriksen in there in the number 10. Um, and I've had this discussion with a couple of people, but perhaps maybe Conte's system doesn't really allow for a number 10. Um, but it seems to be working really well for them at the moment. Yeah, so- well, um, to, to answer that question with the number 10, at the moment they're sort of playing like a like a front three and, and the two behind Harry Kane are quite narrow. Um, if you play in the 10, then you would traditionally have two strikers ahead of him, which has seen in the past Harry Kane sort of um, linked closely to Hyung Win Song, um, which actually was at last season. Um, they broke the record uh, for the most in assists and goals between one another since uh, yeah. I think it was uh, Sheeran Sutton um, back in the was 90s from memory. Um, so uh, their partnership is... Uh, is, is one that, that's not to be um, not talked about, even though Son started on the bench. But um, they're playing that three instead of the two up top with the 10 in behind. So far, it's working and <laughs> six goals. It's obviously a nice and fluid formation for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think as well, it just baffles me sometimes how someone like Hume Min Son, I mean, he started um, pretty quiet, obviously, and we'll go on to talk about his hat-trick in this game, but someone like Hume Min Son, for me, I just, I don't know how he's not been linked with any of the, the top, top side. I mean, obviously, Tottenham's a top side, but um, like your cities, your Liverpools, um, even like your PSGs and, and the likes over the last few years, because he's been an ultra-consistent player, and like every time I watch him, he's just... So clinical in front of goal, he can do it right foot, left foot, just such a complete player. Um, and you know, he's probably 
he's thirty now. Probably wouldn't wouldn't have him at City now. But in previous years, it would have been a great signing for for some of those teams. And what he's done at Tottenham has been pretty remarkable as well. Um, we'll just move on to Leicester quickly as well. Um, so they had Danny Warden goal. Um, Castan, oh, sorry, Castagna, uh, Evans. I'm going to say this name wrong probably, but Faze. So I've, I've not heard of him, but he looks like a new signing from Belgium. Um, James Justin at left back, Wilfred and Didi, uh, James Madison, Yuri Tillemans, Dewsbury Hall, Harvey Barnes, um, and Patson Dacker up front. So is there any, anyone here you want to talk about? I mean, obviously, like you said, quite a few of these players have been linked away. So you've got your uh, Tillemans linked with Arsenal quite a bit. James Madison's linked with you know, being linked with most top six clubs for the past couple of years as well. Uh, even someone like Ndidi as well. Um, although I think he was quite poor in this game, to be honest. I, I don't know if you remember, he he made that error leading to goals. Just quickly refresh myself with the highlights before we came on. Um, and it was a really, really poor, poor back pass for one of the goals there. So, um, yeah, anyone? Yeah, um, uh, it, it caught my eye. I'm probably Madison. Um, his finish was clean cool. Uh, he's the most creative player, um, in my opinion, on their team at the moment. On the other side of the pitch, Harvey Barnes. Um, he He's another threat. Um, him and sort of Bowen from West Ham are similar type players. Uh, and they're, they're, they're still, uh, I think, they're, they're not getting that cover. They're not getting that freedom to play their true game. Uh, which is hindering them. Um, there's a lot of change at the back, and, and it's obviously in goals with Schmeichel. Um, not only is he doing his job ward in goals, usually the keeper, they, he sees every single player in the pitch. Um, that's the only position that does that. Um, so um, the, the lack of leadership coming from uh, the, the, the defensive penalty box um, has been a real issue for Leicester so far this season, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just looking at players here. I mean, obviously Leicester, in some ways, just looking at this starting eleven, they're probably a side in transition. Um, as much as their transfer activity has been, I would say, fairly poor and obviously just non-existent to, to begin with. Um, but I'm looking at someone here like Pat Sendaka, who came in with quite a reputation. But you know, Jamie Vardy's been an excellent servant to the club, but they're just really struggling to find someone to. Um, you know, sort of take the reins from him and, and um, you know, really push on. And um, Pat Sendak is someone that I would be looking at. I mean, he's only scored over his Leicester career, scored 12 goals and 45 appearances. I think they bought him for reasonable money from Salzburg. Um, I mean, what do you what do you make of that? I mean, is it, what what a Leicester need to do there to, um, you know, solve that problem? Because I'm looking at their options here. I mean, obviously the only other striker in the squad is uh, Ian Acho. Um, you know, they can't That's the name I was going to bring up. I think Ian, Nacho and Dakar um, are fighting over the position from Vardy, but I still believe Vardy is way ahead of them. Um, yeah. the, and the only other option is to um, buy some of the transfer market. Yeah, I mean, and look, Vardy, Vardy's still scoring reasonable amounts of goals. I mean, he scored 15 the last couple of seasons, 20 the season before. Um, but unfortunately, he's had, you know, five starts this season and he's not hit the back of the net. So that that is worrying signs. And maybe that's even part of the downfall there to some extent. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, Leicester really, I, I just think without any investment, um, you know, they are really going to struggle. I mean, Johnny Evans isn't really the player that he, he used to be. He's been quite a solid player for, for Leicester and, and West Brom before he came to Leicester. Um, yeah, I think his age really quickly... Um... 
And yep. so it's good when he just came in a bit of experience, wise head. Um, I think the game's passed him, uh, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, and you only can play him in short amounts, like like the James Milner uh, in Liverpool. You can't. I, I don't believe you can really start him anymore. Same with Evans. Um, it looks good on paper. It looks good in experience, uh, but I don't think it's the answer going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll just have a quick look at the stats, and then we'll we'll just pick out a couple of players as well. So, actually, quite interestingly, so if you're looking at the XG, um, Tottenham they scored six goals. Um, but their XG was only 2.19, so it's pretty low. Shows that they've outperformed that pretty pretty highly and depends how you look at that stuff, whether you take it seriously or not. Um, Leicester scored two goals, obviously. Uh, 1.77 XG, 19 shots to Leicester. So they had more shots than Tottenham, which which they had 16. Tottenham had three big chances. Leicester, two big chances. Um, and then... I mean, yeah, in terms of that, there's, there's not too much else there. But I think it is really interesting, actually, because I did see something recently um, that Tottenham um, are the, you know, they're, they're the team in the league that's outperforming their XG the most. So it's interesting whether that can be sustainable over a season, but it just shows you that, you know, they don't obviously need too much with the players they've got up front. Your Kulisevskis, Richarlison's, Canes, uh, your son. That you know they don't need too many chances or clear cut chances to sort of hurt you and and um, score a goal. So that'll be interesting. Um, now in terms of uh, the goal scorers as well, so we obviously had uh, Yuri Tillemans with that first goal. Now we were speaking um, just before we came on. Um, obviously, it was that VAR, VAR decision probably got a bit lucky there. Obviously, Hugo Lloris just went off his line a little bit too quick, so the penalty was retaken. So Leicester took the lead in this one. Uh, Spurs, unfortunately, though. You know, took the lead back very quick, um, and you know, I think it's you know, Leicester. It's pretty poor to, to let that lead go um, after two minutes. If they can really hold on to a lead like that and make it half a Tottenham, then you know they're more likely to get something from the game. Uh, then Eric Dyer, the man we spoke about before, scored in the twenty-first minute. Uh, then we had James Madison. So did, they did get it back to two-two at one point, um, but unfortunately, just just having heard things and seen some of the the highlights, I think Leicester just really crumbled and it shows that the state that they're in at the moment, you know, once that, that third goal um, goes in from Benton Kerr um, and then Sun's first goal in the 73rd minute as well. And then obviously uh, he completes his hat-trick um, in the 84th and then 86th minute. So, um, you know, what do you, what do you think about that, Michael? I mean, Tottenham obviously still conceded two goals, um, but then they scored six, you know, anything to worry about there in terms of the stats with the XG or, no, well, uh, for, for, for Tottenham, um, creating goal-scoring opportunities, uh, I think they had 11 shots on target compared to, what was it, Leicester's seven. Um, they did have less percent um, possession, um, they, 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 but then they uh, were obviously in the attacking third. Um, they got six corners to one. So, and, the, and their first two goals did come from set plays from the corners, uh, I believe. Uh would die one, or headed one of them from Perisic coming um, yep, from um, right. yeah, um, and then even um, uh, the one back post to Harry Kane um, to get him at equal um, uh, just after a few minutes once uh, Yuri uh, put in the pen at the other end. So um, the, the the set plays um, they got strength in the air. Uh, having three centre halves on the pitch makes them an area of threat going forward. Then you chuck in Kane, uh, Kulusevski's. A big lad with Charlottesons tall is big in the air. Then you've got the quality of Perisic now. 
um, to whip those balls in from wide areas. Um, they're not just a one uh, trick pony, they've got threats in multiple ways. And then you bring on the likes of Son, and all of a sudden you've got this different dynamic of this guy running at your back four, um, which is caused havoc. Um, and then Lesser couldn't deal with that at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of the man you just mentioned, Human uh, Son. So I was going to ask you, who's your standout player of the match? Um, now you can pick anyone, mate, but I'm going to go. I'll do. I'll go first, and I'll get your thoughts. So I'm going to go Human Son because um, people started to, you know, have a bit of have a bit of a say on him, and um, obviously his slow start to the season. Like I said, I think he's been a remarkably consistent player over over a you know decent period of time now, and. Um, Obviously, coming on as a substitute, you know, Conte benched him in favour of Richarlison. You know, spent a lot of money on Richarlison. I think it's only right that he got his chance when, when Son hasn't been scoring. Um, but, you know, looking at some of those goals, like I said, right foot, left foot, you know, running at defenders, I think that was the really the best of human Son there. And it, all those goals really summed him up. Um, and, yeah, he's just, he's just an incredible player. I mean, I think um, his second goal was the left foot outside the box. I mean... Not not much. I mean, we spoke about Danny Ward in our last podcast, but there's not much Danny Ward could have done about that one in there. And like I say, just an incredible player. And um, if I had to pick a man of the match, it'd be be Hume Min Son. Yeah, yeah I think you got to you got to give the match ball to him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the way he links up with Harry Kane. Um, he, um, after he scored the first one, he took the ball, shifted it, and put in the left top bins. Um, he, he wants to prove a point, uh, and I think the manager indirectly wants him in the starting eleven uh, to put that little fire in his belly to come on. And he goes, "Hey, Kay, you're, you're, it's the Son show now. You show me what you can do, mate." And uh, he definitely did that. Um, and then once he, uh, I think it was the last goal, uh, he was a little bit. Uh, the celebrations got cut short until <laughs> it got uh, overridden by VAR because they gave it initially offside. But. Um, um, nah, it, he, he could have squared up with that last goal, but he goes, nah, this is it. We're 5-2 up. I'm putting it in the back of the net. Here I am. Give me a start next game. He just he just looked hungry as well, I thought. And um, look, maybe a bit fortunate. Obviously, like you say, the VAR, sorry, VAR intervened there. Um, maybe Danny Ward could have done better, which again, I'm going to speak. I mean, I'll, we probably did speak about Danny Ward enough. I think, you know, pretty poor goalkeeper. I think Leicester need to try to sort that out soon, losing Casper uh, Schmeichel. Um, but yeah, like you say, he's, you know, five to up. I think some was in that sort of mood. He's like, there's no way I'm, I'm giving this off. And, you know, that's what top forwards do. So uh, fair play to him. Uh, a couple of notable mentions here. Um, you know, Harry Kane, uh, you know, had quite a slow start to last season, as I think a lot of English players did coming off the Euros. Um, but he's got six goals in seven games. He's got one assist as well. So crucial to that Tottenham team. I think it's absolutely brilliant what he does to sort of, uh, you know, yeah drop deep and link up the play as well. Well, um, I think the big thing about Harry Kane, um, not only does he get the one or two goals a game, uh, he gets the first goal and that, that's the hardest goal. Yeah, um, so that, that's the goal that brings him back into the contest, um, gives the crowd a bit of belief, gives the players belief and they kick on from there. So the, the, that goal, is that's an underrated goal. De Bruyne does it. The top players do that. Banana Silva does it, I think, as well. Um, so uh, that that sort of goal, uh, that's underrated. Um, and that, that's that's equally worth two of Hyongmin Song's goals, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, mate. Yep. Um, he's obviously... A really, really good top player. So, um, and just looking at the opposition here, Leicester, um, 
obviously you you mentioned James Madison. Um, we don't really speak too much more about him, but does he get into the England squad? Do you think he's been a bit harsh to be left out? Obviously, we're not English. Gareth might have a bit more to say about this one, but yeah. um, bit of English bias, know. but um, yeah, um, I, I I think there's there's definitely a spot for him. Um, considering now, um, well, say uh, Phillips uh, got ruled out um, of the the, the, the the internationals that happen at the moment time of recording. Um, so Henderson, um, he hasn't played for Liverpool. He got the call up. He got the player that took his spot in the squad. Um, that could easily be Madison, um, and, and it can can easily be Madison. It's it's like a um, Trent being left out just before the Euros. Um, and then he stated his case. I think Madison, he's doing that exactly now. Um, however, it's, it's Southgate's call. Um, he did prove he got to a semi-final in the last major tournament. Or well, final, wasn't it? Sorry, final of the last major tournament. And um, he, so he's, he's, he's got every right to do. Who are we to say uh, what a top manager in world football can do? But um, I th- Madison's not a bad player to have. Um on the bench, uh, just in case if you need him. Yeah, look, I think it depends what sort of player he wants to take with him, Southgate, as well, because you you see he doesn't tend to play with uh, the attacking midfield. He has that, obviously the two holding midfielders. So, you know, I'd expect Henderson to, to drop in for Rice if... Um, Oh, sorry for Phillips if he's if he's not fit for the World Cup because it looks like Phillips might actually be out now. He's had surgery on his shoulder, which is a shame from uh, my perspective. But um, yeah, look, I think he definitely should be in the conversation. I mean, speaking about Jack Grealish, I don't think Jack Grealish has played as bad as people tend to make out. But um, you know, similar sort of player. So I suppose it depends how many of those sort of players. He yeah, well, the, the difference between Grealish and Madison, I. I, I the thing Grealish can can if you need him sort of play in the, the more of a traditional front three, um, or yep. the new age front three. Uh, then Madison, he has that limitations of the positions he can play on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no, look, it's it's interesting, but he's obviously top player. He's got three goals already uh, this season. Um, all right, Michael. So I think you know we we, we said we'd keep this one um, short and sharp. So I'll just get your final thoughts here. Um, you know, where does this result leave both teams? Um, where does it leave the managers? We've spoken about Rogers as well. Um, Conte, you know, what does it mean in the context of the season? Yeah, um, I, I think just uh, reiterating the fact uh, that Rogers is on borrowed time at the moment. Um, he, he's not done enough. Uh, it is, like I said, a cutthroat business. He needs to start picking up points. Um, simple as that, Mike. Um, and on the flip side, Conte, uh, he's allowed that a little bit of grace period. Um, still, uh, he's picking up a lot of points, 17 at the moment. Good place in the league. I think Europe's the one for him uh, where uh, Levy uh, might have a little bit of doubt in his mind um, because he has proven it in the Premier League. Uh, I think he needs to put it on the European stage. Um but I think he will have a lot of time of the um, the middle of the season once World Cup um, to uh, reassess that and um, hopefully put that right. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, there's undoubtedly... So we spoke about um, Tushu in our last podcast being more of a, you know, two-legged cup manager um, rather than sustaining it over a league. And Conte is kind of the opposite where he struggles in the cups sometimes and especially from a European perspective. Um, but he does tend to do quite well in the league. And yeah, maybe, maybe look, 
um, that's where he have to prove himself. But I think, you know, Tottenham, um, kind of like Arsenal already have done everything that they can um, to make a good start to the season, make a really good goal of it. And, um, you know, they could be up there or there or thereabouts at the back end of the season. Just remains to be seen if they keep all their players fit um, and, you know, can kind of maintain that form and intensity when, when push comes to shove at the back end of the season. And like you say, um, Brendan Rodgers, borrowed time. Um, be interesting to see the timing of it because it's international break now at the time of recording. So, um, you know, maybe it's a good time for them to make a change or maybe they'll they'll try to hold out to the World Cup. But I think Leicester undoubtedly just have to start picking up points because, you know, as you've seen with teams um, in previous years, once you get down there, there's only so far you can, um, you know, slip down and, and how long you can stay down there for without picking up points. And Yeah, well, they're boosting uh, Nottingham Forest at home. Uh, in the Could next be a six-pointer already, mate. Yeah, Six point well, already, yeah. It, it, the scenes if our forests uh, take points or we can get up uh, over Leicester, um, that even one game in, I said they get four or five games before we make it to this on Rogers. If if he, if he loses that's not Forest, all of a sudden uh, he he's in big trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And um, speaking of next next fixtures as well, Tottenham have obviously got the North London derby. So that's going to be really cracking game and be a good indication of where both sides are at really as well. So um, remains to be seen how they how they go, but it should be a really good game. And um, yeah, Tottenham had a great start to the season um, and Leicester have just been, been really, really poor. So I think they'll wrap up our game in focus. Nice, short and sharp. Um, we'll continue to, to do this show over the next uh, or over the rest of the season, really. Um, and we'll be back within the next week or two with um, another podcast once the or during the international break. So thank you again, Mike. Yeah, Michael. it's been a pleasure, Mike. I've got to, go, I've got to get these names right. Hey. Um, <laughs> all right. So you've been listening to the Perth Delaprem podcast. This is your host, Mike. You can follow everything Perth Delaprem. Um, and you can get it from the one link. So you've got link tr.ee forward slash Perth de la Prem. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Spotify, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Apple Podcasts on the same handle, Perth de la Prem. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>